Welcome to the Two Button Crew Podcast. Today we will be discussing Luigi's Mansion 3. My name's Scott and I'm joined by my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm Glenn, by the way. Glenn the friend. Almost rhymes. And I want to give a special welcome to everybody who is, quote, watching, unquote, this episode. We've decided to go ahead and put it up on our YouTube channel. The podcast, as you can see, has reached 19 episodes with this episode, but uh, we've done it through the normal podcasting places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher and um, a bunch of other places we signed up for that I can't remember. But we just figured, hey, the YouTube channel's not being used for a whole lot right now. Why not give people the opportunity to listen? Because I feel like a lot of our subscribers don't know about the podcast. So this is a great chance to get on board with it, right? Yeah. And to be honest, I was never really sure why we didn't do this in the first place. Because I know the first episode is available on the YouTube channel as sort of a, hey, we're doing a podcast thing. Yeah, and then hey, like episode two wasn't uploaded. And it's like, okay, I guess that was just a one-time thing then? Yeah, the idea was you're a subscriber to Two Button Crew, you'll see episode one on the podcast, and then you'll go subscribe using what you listen to podcasts with. But YouTube has become pretty popular with podcasts, and don't worry if you're, if you're still just listening. If you're one of our audio listeners, you're not actually missing out on a video version. We're not recording video. It's just the audio thrown up there. Yeah, so, ev- so every time I hold up my phone... Uh, you're you're going to you, you know you're still not going to see the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do about two minutes each of personal updates, then we'll dive into Luigi's Mansion Three. Okay. So, not a whole lot has changed for me since the last episode, but uh, I'm really enjoying being part of the MinMax community. It's a great place. I was made a moderator in the Discord, so I'm getting to know Discord. That's really fun. Uh, No word yet if they're going to go with my branding for their redesign. We'll see. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm an option, but they're looking at uh, kind of a lot of graphic designers. So I'm excited for however that turns out. And um, they raised they raised a lot of money for sick kids in hospitals. That's awesome. Like three thousand dollars worth of donations from the community above what we're already giving through Patreon, and uh, that's going to go towards buying some switch lights buying some games for kids in hospitals so that's been great and then besides that uh my novel spire of tyranny turned two years old and wow two years already i still haven't read it oh yeah i'm sorry i i'm trying to get through a bunch of other books that my brother bought me (laughs) so yeah two years old spire of tyranny and i'm i'm planning what i'm going to be writing for the next two years and my my hope is to have three three new books on the market in the next two years uh all different genres and one of them will be of special interest to the two button crew audience so nice is that are you like gonna work on co-authoring that book that simeon was working on a while back no but uh he's he's handling that one his wife has issued a challenge to him to have that published or self-published i should say by the end of the month. So uh, do watch Two Button Crew's social channels for information on Simeon's uh, book, which has to do with God and gaming. So hopefully if he takes the challenge that his wife has uh, put to him, he'll have an announcement about that very soon. Nice. Yeah. 
What's new with you, Glenn? Uh, well, not a whole lot. I've just been working on my own personal projects uh, in the background and uh, uh, doing the you know learning the ropes of uh, working on making educational games. Uh, I guess one interesting thing is that the game that what they were working on when I joined on, so I've done a little bit of work on it, uh, it's uh, called Get a Life. Uh, it recently won the Serious Games Showcase's uh, Kids' Choice Award. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm now apparently uh, an award-winning <laughs> game de- professional game developer. <laughs> You can absolutely put that on your resume. I had a friend who, I'll tell you later. Anyway, it's it's kind of funny the things that you can get away with on your resume. Yeah. Well, the, the, the sad thing is that the stuff that I've made uh, isn't in the game yet, except for the debug menu. <laughs> well, it's an award-winning debug menu, I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, so it's time for Luigi's Mansion 3, the threequel to a long-standing but sparsely updated series, a spinoff from the Super Mario games. And, uh, of course, you've played 1 and 2, right? Yeah, and I, I even, like, the week or two before 3 came out, I, uh, I did a marathon session of uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 just to get you know caught up. Well, I mean, I nice. played it when it first came out. I, you know, so not really caught up, but refreshed. Yeah, that's good. That'll be useful for this conversation. I've played Luigi's Mansion one probably three times, and only the sequel a uh, single time. I've, I've played from bit... like start to finish the first one like eight or nine times. Like it's a short game, so you can yeah. you can blow through it. And like I've literally done it in one sitting. It it takes like three hours if you know what you're doing. That's awesome. Isn't it interesting that it goes Luigi's Mansion, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, Luigi's Mansion 3? Um, yeah, it is, but I would like to point out that I think in Europe and Japan, it, Dark Moon is just called Luigi's Mansion 2. And hey, it's, uh-huh. it's a lot better than the recently announced uh, Bravely Default 2, because that series goes Bravely Default, Bravely Second, Bra- Bravely Default 2. Oh wow! <laughs> Square Enix, <laughs> what are you doing? That's why it's better just to completely avoid RPGs, right? Uh, no, Bravely Default. Like I, I didn't play the uh, the original full game, but I played the demo, and it actually was was a pretty good uh, RPG from what little time I had with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard great things about that series yeah unfortunately i just did not have time uh for it when it first came out and as i understand it it's physical copies are got really expensive because it had like a a very limited print run so so how about the luigi's mansion series uh there's a big difference between one and two what do you think in general about the series so far um so far um i think one was a lot better than two like Two certainly did some things right. Okay, I, I don't... Maybe a lot better is too strong of a word. I don't want to make it sound like I, I hate the second game. I really did enjoy the second game, but um, it had the weird mission-based structure um, that the first game didn't. Yeah, it definitely seemed like they were trying to cater to the handheld market with two, which makes sense as it's a handheld game, but they just 
weren't confident that people would sit down and play it for long lengths of time. Well, Whereas, and I'll confess, I had some trouble sitting down and playing it for uh, long periods of time. <laughs> yeah, because it felt kind of jarring to be going from mission to mission every five minutes, right? Yeah. But it is good to see Luigi's Mansion 3 is really like a return to form home console entry, even though you can take it on the go. Mm-hmm. It seems like beating a floor is a really ideal amount of time. It's like 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the floor, and some of them are a lot shorter than others, but it's like Nintendo had confidence that you could pick this game up, play it for an entire floor, and do that over the course of two weeks, and it's really well-paced, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and you know maybe that's part of the reason why I, I got a little bit irked by the mission structure in t- uh, 2, because, or Dark Moon, if you prefer, uh, because it, um, it was kind of inconsistent. There were some missions that I could blow through in like seven minutes and others that took me like 30. And I wasn't being any more like any more leisurely in one over the other. That might have had something to do with it. But um, yeah, you know, the first game really, I, I have a lot of fond memories with it. And it's just one of those games where it's like, it makes me stop and think that sometimes, like polishing a game too much, maybe diminishes it just a little bit because it has all this weird clunky stuff in it that doesn't really add anything from a gameplay perspective, but just gives so much flavor to the game, like being able to scan every uh, item object in the uh, in the mansion and get Luigi's uh-huh. thoughts on it. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, you could go into first person and, you know, Luigi would, like, comment on, oh my gosh, that this would never pass the white glove test and stuff like that. <laughs> huh. Wow. Thanks a lot. Now I missed that. <laughs> well, there is a weird continuity thing that I noticed from Dark Moon to this third installment, and that is when you beat Dark Moon, spoilers, Polterpup, mm-hmm. uh, his eyes get the pupils back when the dark crystal thing is yeah broken or restored or whatever yeah i noticed and that <laughs> it's totally undone and uh that must they must have retconned that just for design purposes <clears throat> recognizability because polter pup looks cuter without the pupils or something uh yeah i would say he, he actually looks cuter without the puppy dog eyes <laughs> yeah the puppy dog <laughs> eyes were just when when i saw that in the because i forgot about that um until i replayed the game i was like mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. None of the other ghosts, and, uh, you know, that that was like the only game in the series where the ghosts get pupils when they're not being evil, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad to see this game get made. It was a risk making Luigi's Mansion and launching the GameCube with it, and the series was gone for a long time, but Dark Moon must have performed well enough. Uh, hopefully, we won't only get three entries every 20 years from now on but anyway so let's let's talk about uh luigi's mansion 3 itself let's do it and so um first and foremost i guess we've already touched on this a little bit but would you say this is truly a return to the first game style because i'll confess i'm not sure i'm entirely convinced of that you go first because i think you're recalling the first game with more detail than i am well i would say just the way it presents itself um 
Luigi's Mansion 3 is kind of more of a... I've, I've mentioned the idea of a thesis, antithesis, and synthesis before, uh, all the way back in our first episode, actually. Uh, what is that called? Uh, Hegelian dialectics, I think. Um, but I think this is more of a synthesis between the Dark Moon style and the original game style, uh, which makes sense, because it's the same developers as Dark Moon, uh, next level games, right? Uh, and so uh, I think this game is like the floor by floor progression kind of feels like the mission structure of Luigi's Mansion uh, 2 but without the the rigidity of you are locked into this mission you know yeah and without being interrupted by a call on your handheld gaming device with EGADS spelling out do this yeah and there was thankfully a lot less of that but yeah, it, it, it did seem like the progression had kind of that s slightly formulaic aspect to it. I really just interpreted their approach to the floors as we can do really different environments and biomes by putting all these on a different level of the hotel. And uh, I didn't exactly feel like I was on different missions because it was basically the same formula all the time is just get the next button from the next boss. Mm -hmm. But to, so, to me, that, yeah. that is kind of a mission structure because you show up, you see the uh, the boss ghost, um, and then you go through a bunch of, a series of puzzles, you fight the boss ghost, you get the uh, uh, the elevator button, and you go back to the elevator. You know, so it, uh -huh. to me, it, it is kind of kind of a mission structure because it, it, it does have a very, um, you know, like in the... Original Luigi's Mansion, um, you know, you kind of were crisscrossing across the mansion all the time, and you didn't always have to fight all of the ghosts. Um, so, I, I think it was a little bit, uh, a little bit less structured in how it progressed. I mean, incredibly linear, but you know, just you weren't always sure what was, um, what you would be doing next, but. You know, that's yeah. not necessarily a, you know, structure's not necessarily a bad thing. I'd say one of the interesting quirks of video games as a medium is that they actually are very reliant on repetition and that if you don't include some element of repetition, then the game feels um, kind of arbitrary. Like, you know, if you include a mechanic that uh, only gets used once, and we'll come back to this later, uh, only gets used once, it feels... Uh, you know, it feels underdeveloped. Uh huh. Yeah, I was having a discussion with someone who bounced off this game mm -hmm. and said that it, that it felt extremely formulaic, just going to the floor, mm -hmm. being told to get the button, and doing it over and over again. And I said, sure, but that's basically Nintendo for you. All of Nintendo's franchises have this formula, where if you're if you're Link, you're getting an item, and you are clearing out a dungeon, beating a boss at the end, except for in Breath of the Wild. And if you're Mario, you are exploring, you're getting coins, and some form of celestial currency. <laughs> but it's like, I think people that are fans of Nintendo are fans of formulaic gameplay. Yeah. With good, with good gameplay hooks. Well, you know, honestly, I think... One one of the ways that they could have mitigated the sort of it feeling formulaic is um, for uh, like one of the things I noticed is that 
I think at the beginning of the game you go to the first floor and then you climb some stairs to the second floor. You don't take the elevator there. Yeah. And then after that, I want to say you go to the fifth floor and then back down to the third and the fourth floor. And then after that, it's completely linear. It's six, seven, eight, nine. And I think if they did that crisscrossing thing a little bit more, it would have yep. been presented in a way that felt less predictable. And there is one point where... Um, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying this. There is one point where you get like halfway through the game where you go all the way down to the basement instead of going up to the next floor. But I think more moments like that where it feels like it's a little bit more random and instead of like just a continuous progression, I think that probably would have tricked people into not noticing that. I agree. I was a little bit thrown off by that. Just that. Hey, the floors don't go in order. That's kind of cool. Wait a second. They mostly do go in order. Yeah. And and, and the thing is, it, it's one of those things where you only have to, like, every third or fourth floor has to be out of order for that to, mm-hmm. to hold up. And you can still, like, mostly be climbing the tower. Because climbing a tower has, you know, good uh, symbolic and metaphorical um, connotations of the rising action and approaching the, uh, you know, the climax, the crescendo, whatever you want to call it. Well, let's talk about the moment-to-moment gameplay, which really has to do with what you're able to do on the controller and what Luigi's able to do as a character. So I like how you got it laid out here, Glenn. We've got three returning abilities and three new abilities. So coming back are, of course, sucking and blowing with the vacuum, mm-hmm. strobe bulb, and dark light. So the dark light was new to Dark World, right? Uh, dark Moon, but yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Thor the Dark World, where... Where Thor no, Thor, Dark Moon, on Luigi's Mansion, Dark World, the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've got yeah, sucking, vacuuming, blowing out, strobe bulb, and dark light. Yeah, so let's uh, let's start with uh, you know the most obvious is the sucking and uh, blowing, um, and uh, I, I feel like I'm insulting the game when I say that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> uh, but um, I think they did a really good job with it in this game because. More so than ever before, the environment reacts to this. Like, this game is very physics-heavy. I like that. It's basically Nintendo's second physics game, Mm -hmm. where Breath of the Wild was the first, and it's great that they're leaning into this, because it really helps the environments feel more alive. I think the first was actually Art of Balance, but (laughs) I'm just messing (laughs) with you. Yep. Yeah, I, I really liked it too. It's crazy how many things can break, and there are plenty of times when, like, sucking up a giant uh, pillow on a bed, it's like, no way, I can actually interact with that. They went above and beyond with the destructible environments. Yeah, and I really appreciated uh, that. It, it was just so weird and refreshing to see uh, a Nintendo game em- embrace something that's kind of more of a modern. And, you know, it's subtle, like, you, you didn't need that, because, you know, Luigi's Mansion, you stuff would rattle when you uh, sucked on it with the vacuum, but, you know, actually having stuff falling off the shelves and being sucked up, uh, and, you know, oftentimes being rewarded for it, like, there were coins everywhere, that, you know, it just, it, it gives you a lot of incentive to actually engage with the environment. Mm-hmm. And if you are really strapped for time... You could skip it. Yep. You could go in every room and out the other door. And, of course, you'll have to interact with puzzle elements. But as far as just sucking things up and getting money and everything, you really don't need money. It has to do with ranks at the end of the game. 
And if you want to buy any safety items, like a bone that will resurrect you if you run out of hearts. Mm-hmm. But I, I only bought four bones and used two, I think. I, I really didn't I think by the end of the game, money. I had like 14. <laughs> really? Well, what else am I going to spend that money on? I know, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I think blowing got used less, on which makes sense. Uh, it was better utilized than it was in Dark Moon. But, you mm-hmm. know, you can't shoot fire out of your vacuum in this game, which I'm a little saddened by. Like, I understand it. You know, it, it wasn't terribly creative in the first Luigi's Mansion, how that was used. But there, there's still, it's just something fun about setting ghosts on fire. It's, yeah, it's a weird yeah. mental image. <laughs> that would be great if they had a, a few different abilities you could cycle through and maybe see that come back in Luigi's Mansion Four or something. Hmm, maybe, but it, it did get used for some like um, physics puzzles where you had to push stuff around, which I did appreciate because, like, like I said, in Luigi's Mansion Two, it really felt like it was there as kind of an art of you know a harkening back to the first game and not as an actual intentional element. Yeah. Then we got the strobe bulb, which is used to turn things on, like vending machines and open uh, safes in the wall and stuff like that. And, of course, fighting ghosts, but a lot of ghosts this time around block your strobe bulb at first, so you can't stun them immediately. They're either blocking it with uh, sunglasses or a pan that they're holding up in the kitchen or something like that. You have to usually suck up their defense, then strobe them, then suck them up. So they shook it up for this game a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, there were some enemies that would block your stuff in the first Luigi's Mansion. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the first Luigi's Mansion, the, the Dark Moon, what am I saying? Uh, in Dark Moon, they would like wear sunglasses and stuff. Um, I think they got a lot more creative with how you had to deal with them in this game. Uh, so the Strobe Ball, I, I liked it. I thought it was an improvement over the regular for, uh, turning the flashlight off and on. While I do miss the ability to just flick the light on and off, on and off, on and off as I walk through the hallways. Because, um, uh-huh. I don't know, that's it's, uh, just a nervous habit I would develop. <laughs> but um, I, I think it has a lot more impact, uh, in combat at least, than you know using the flashlight like normal. Because in the original Luigi's Mansion, it took me a long time to really figure out how that worked because it had kind of a, you know, it, it was kind of a weird uh, mechanic. So I wanted to ask if you ever charged the strobe bulb. You're able to, and it takes a little while and, um, and shoots out a bigger flash of light. I started off doing that, um, and I did it less in combat. But you know, it's one of those things where um, if I was trying to get multiple enemies, which is a lot harder in this game than it was in the previous games, um, if I that does like broaden the range that you hit with. So, um, sometimes, but most of the time, no. Yeah. Yeah, I barely ever found uses for it, and I think it's because it slows Luigi's down, Luigi, it slows Luigi down when you're charging it, Yeah. So, so it limits your mobility, and I didn't find it all that useful. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I'm really surprised that this game didn't, you know, because they have a store in it, I was really surprised that you couldn't, like, buy an upgrade to, you know, a fast-charging strobe bulb or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't think I, uh, 
include money on the outline, but yeah, you know, just just uh, tangenting on the the money aspect. I think that was like sorely underutilized. Yeah, and what you're making me think of is that there's other opportunities for upgrades that they didn't really take. You could have gotten uh, more strong suction. And, I mean, you got the thing that you could plug into the wall mm -hmm. and suck up a whole pirate ship, but that was only used one time, wasn't it? I told you we'd get back to this topic. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, there's some really under underutilized stuff. Um, yeah, and made I'll, again, I'll, I, I think I'll save that for a little bit later in the podcast, but I, I kind of feel like that's sort of going to be kind of a running theme in this game. It's, like it's, it's really good, but there's all these little moments that kind of make made me cock my head to the side and raise an eyebrow and go huh yeah so yeah okay well let's get through the rest of the basics then yeah. at this point uh dark light dark light yeah um really glad that they removed the overheating function in this one because mm -hmm. i had a tendency to forget to use the dark light in the first or in its first appearance in luigi's mansion 2 um and I think maybe part of that was because it had a meter, so I couldn't keep it on all the time. Here, I just kind of walk through rooms with it turned on the whole time. That's interesting. Maybe I should have done that. It, that was kind of usually my last resort because there weren't a whole lot of things to use it on. Well, and I was just coming off of the previous game where that thing was... That, that was like, have you ever had that one ability that you keep forgetting to use, and so you keep getting stuck for like five or ten minutes, and then go, oh, right, I have this other ability. That was the dark light, so maybe I was just more cognizant of it. That happened to me all the time in this game, especially with the three new uh, abilities mm -hmm. that we're about to discuss. It's like Luigi had maybe one too many things for me to juggle all the time, but... The dark light was fun sometimes. It kind of felt like because this game isn't a platformer, in a Super Mario game, it's kind of like looking at those looking at those suspicious areas where you think there's a hidden block, so you jump, and sure enough, you get a mushroom or something. It's kind of like that with the dark light. If you see a wall that looks like it should have some furniture, it might be there. You just have to dark light it. Yep. And I'm kind of kind of surprised that Nintendo takes that approach and that there's not a little shininess that you can notice or anything you really have to guess or just try it on everything yeah and hey while we're before we move on to the next one while we're talking about the dark light because this is relevant to all, all of the abilities we've talked to about so far there is one thing that i want to get off my chest uh and that is why does this game not support uh y-axis inversion on the right stick i don't know um this is the first time we're talking about controls, and I will say that they're not great. Yeah, well, you know, there's you can you're basically playing the the game with the shoulder buttons. You can. Yeah, and and that's helpful. Well, and I, you know, I I would recommend doing that for the most part, but um, even more than that, I it really bothered me that I you know I I played the game and I I tilted up to look down at something or down to look up at something. You know, as is normal uh, for me because I grew up in the 90s and that's how Nintendo did everything uh, back then. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Super Mario 64, you go into the first person mo uh, mode and you want to look up, you tilt down. Huh. So what were your controls? Because I wasn't thrilled with the stick options. But I went with, of course, I mean, the left stick is what it is. 
and the right stick I did there's two things you can customize about it so I made it just whichever direction you're pointing the stick that's where Luigi's gonna end up looking mm-hmm. and then I did locking it to horizontal only and I used motion controls for up and down so when I wanted to look up I pointed my pro controller up um that might may have been better for me um i don't typically use motion controls and i think part of the reason for that is that like when i was playing splatoon they didn't have the option to use it only for vertical if i recall if you turn the motion controls on it has to be yeah all directions um and i you know vertical is really all i would want to use it for because that's the one direction that's a little bit harder for me to aim in um but uh, yeah, I, I just turned off motion controls, pointed in the direction I wanted to, you know, Luigi faces the direction you point in. But the thing is, they don't even include an option to invert the the vertical uh, movement on the, the right stick, which is standard yep, in good. every freaking good. game. And it just, that was something that was tripping me up until the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, since we're on the topic, I'll just come out and say it that this is to me the worst part of luigi's mansion 3 i struggled with the control settings for several floors until i landed on something that i felt was good enough but even then i was using the left stick the right stick and motion controls and i got a little bit of star fox zero uh syndrome mm-hmm. so yeah and you know again i'm mentioning this because all of the all of the returning abilities are pretty reliant on you know being able to aim properly but yeah all right now that we've done that tangent let's get back to uh, the new abilities and so the new okay. abilities in this game are the suction shot the uh burst i think is what it's called they don't really refer to it by name very often and gooigi well you must have used less hints than i did because egad calls it bursts whenever you need to do, use it. Uh, I turned the hints off after a while because I thought it was a little bit too quick to to mm-hmm. tell me that I was being stupid. And it's like, okay, <laughs> look, you know, if I'm stuck for like seven and a half minutes or ten minutes, then fine, go ahead and tell me the answer. But it, it like waits two minutes and then it's like, uh, hey, stupid, <laughs> use this ability. <laughs> well. You are a more patient man than I, and I, I don't like not knowing what to do next. I think I turned it off so Ecad wouldn't interrupt me, but I still found myself going into that menu and using the hint system, and it was good pretty often. Did the often, hint system were... work with, like, how do you get hints? Because I remember there were several times I'd call Ecad, and he's just like, remember yeah. to use all your abilities, and it's like, thanks. That's what I was about to say, is it it did default to that a lot of the time, and it's like, I know, Ecad, I'm trying all my abilities, but I, I can't progress so that's why i'm calling you so it was sometimes really helpful sometimes frustrating the suction shot first introduced in a smash bros ultimate trailer that's awesome to see that uh how how that worked out uh, that was pretty cool and it was mostly used for like peeling stuff off the walls knocking things over but i will say it overlapped with the burst a little bit as far as what you would need to do yeah to knock something over um, I really like the suction shot. I think that's probably my favorite new ability in the game. Because, uh, you know, you can just grab stuff and fling it or rip stuff off the wall. It, it just has a very good feel to it. Um, 
So I'm yeah, I, I think it's something that's like wow I'm kind of surprised that this wasn't here the whole time. It it just feels very natural to the game. It was satisfying, like uh, Prime Three using the grapple and tearing someone's shield off them. It's a it's a good visceral action. Yep. Um, the burst, on the other hand, I kept forgetting I even had this. This was like you know, you know going back to what I said before. This is the one ability I kept forgetting I had. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I do like the fact that they don't telegraph it too hard when you need to use it. It usually is like a very, you look at the environment, and it's kind of more of a very logical way of looking at it instead of a very gamey sort of, oh, you know, this has a big purple flag on it that has, you know, an air blast or something. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't anything like that. So I do appreciate that, but um unfortunately like the instances that you need it are just far enough apart that you kind of forget you have it by the time you see it again unless it's something yeah. really obvious like a shockwave on the floor and then it's like oh yeah i, I have like a, a kind of a lame jump ability <laughs> which is not to say that i dislike using it um because i i think it when you actually do remember it's there it feels pretty good to use but you know you just most of the time when I got stuck, it was because I forgot I had the burst. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the star of the show, Guigi. He shares the box art, the icon art with Luigi. He is a Luigi made of goo and one of EGAD's newest inventions. And I saw online what he's made of. It's like a combination of coffee and jello and some other stuff. I don't really, I, I guess I missed that. That, that was an IGN article. They did a super deep dive on Guigi, which is interesting. But, uh, yeah, in this diving game, into he's, Guigi. He's, <laughs> he's mostly used to walk through bars, go down sewer grates, kind of get to the areas that Luigi's unable to get to. And uh, I think that that was a really good addition because they got to use it cleverly for a lot of puzzles. Yeah, I was really surprised by how, uh, how well integrated Guigi was. I thought it was going to be... I thought Guigi was going to be that ability that kind of never gets used. Mm -hmm. I love the moments where Luigi's trapped or in trouble and your only option... I mean, you're going to try several things at mm -hmm. first, right? You're going to try using your flashlight, even bursting out of the grip of a monster, but sometimes Guigi just has to slip out of the vacuum and save his uh, humanoid counterpart. Yeah, I do have to wonder how different this game would feel if I played it with a friend, because Guigi enables multiplayer so it's one of those things where it's like huh i i'm not sure the game would be more fun with this and it clearly guigi would be more useful if i had a second set of hands controlling him so yeah you didn't get to do any co-op at all uh well i mean i don't have friends and you know near, or at least near where i live i mean you're my friend scott <laughs> but, <laughs> yep but it's not online enabled or else we totally could have yeah, but um, <clears throat> so I think it's I it's a good set of abilities that they have in this game. I didn't get to play co-op either. I was really trying to. It was cool that this game came out on Halloween, mm -hmm. so I got it shipped from Best Buy. It arrived. We, my wife and I, had a bowl of candy we were giving out to people, and our plan was in between trick or treaters we would be playing co-op. But it actually took quite a while to unlock Luigi, so it was just single player, and I was trying to rush through the game, try to get it to where my wife could join in. But by that time, her uh, 
non-stellar attention span had already expired and uh, that was unfortunate mm. well and that's that's also pretty unfortunate that you were rushing through the beginning of the game because we'll get to this and man i'm saying that a lot today but um <laughs> you know I, I think the beginning of the game is one of the best parts but anything else to say about uh, abilities oh yeah let's talk about the super vacuum abil- ability because we mentioned that in <laughs> passing that was something that how do I put this? Like, this is going to bleed into exploration and game progression, but I was really hoping for a more Metroidvania-style progression for this game because it kind of yes. looked that way from the preview footage. And, and the map kind of looks like that. Yeah, and so um, that was one of the things that I, I was kind of excited about, and the fact that they sort of slowly give you each ability kind of makes you think that. Um but, you know, you after the first two hours, you don't really get new abilities. Except for this, like, three-fourths of the way through the game, you get this, uh, you know, EGAD tells you, Oh, by the way, I, uh, in, you know, created this, uh, this module for the Poltergust that will enable you to, uh, to increase the power of suction when you're next to a special outlet. And you're like, oh, and, you know, you use it, and it's freaking rad! You know, it's yep. it's just the coolest thing ever because you're t- like you're tearing chunks off the wall, um, and all those stupid <laughs> light fixtures that defy you and your vacuum be- not getting sucked up. Yeah, I'm onto you, light fixtures. Yeah, you get to rip <laughs> those guys off, and it's just like you, you know, it's it's you feel like SpongeBob did in that one episode where he learns to be assertive and he's like, I am an alpha male. He rips his shirt off and like does an elephant. Uh, or, you know, you feel like that. Uh, and then they never use it again. It's used in that one scene. And it's just like, man, you could have done like a really cool boss battle with this or something, but you didn't. I totally agree. And the way Egad was explaining it sounded like whenever you see these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and he very keep, clearly is like, an keep out. an eye out for these. Like, he actually says that. So, um, But at that point, you've already seen the one that they put in the game yeah so if so as not to be misleading they should have said remember where you've seen this or something you know honestly i'm inclined to think that they were planning on using that in the again and they just had to cut it um i think so yeah and um i'm gonna get into this later (laughs) But I, I think a lot of my issues with the games probably stem from that. I, I'd be very interesting to hear, interested to hear more about this game's development cycle because I get the feeling some stuff happened behind the scenes, and it was they, you know, they spat. What was the word? Spackles over the cracks. Sure. Whatever. You know, they they smooth. You know, painted over the cracks really, really well, so you can't see them. But I, I get the feeling that this game maybe went through a few iterations but anyway boy I, I can't wait till you get that later this podcast is gonna be so good in the in the <laughs> fifth sixth and seventh sevenths <laughs> all right so uh so we already talked about floor progression uh anything else you want to say about that did you have a favorite floor um I mean, I didn't like the floors that didn't feel like they belonged in a hotel that they like the Egyptian themed one. Oh come on! I mean, I I honestly, if they wanted to have an Egyptian themed floor, I think they should have done it more like the garden themed one. 
Mm -hmm. um, because the garden, you know, you can clearly tell these are hotel rooms. And that was one of the things I was kind of worried about going into the game is like, is this going to feel like a hotel? Because this is supposed to be a hotel. And so I'm okay with it having a shopping center and a dining hall and all that stuff. Um, Because, you know, a a ritzy hotel, you would find that stuff in there. But And so, you know, the, the garden area... It's it's very clearly a hotel that um, and the garden floor is like actually five floors, <laughs> but it yeah. only counts as one for some reason. So I hope you like using the stairs. Um, I know, isn't that interesting on the map? How you're looking at the map of floor mm-hmm. say eleven, and then on the right you get to pick the floors within the floor. Mm-hmm. They didn't even call it like levels or anything. It's just maybe they called it levels. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. But the the ones that didn't really make sense and they didn't make an effort to have it make sense, I admit I I that kind of disappointed me because I I felt like I messed a little bit with the cohesion of it. This haunted mansion has to make logical sense. Well, I'm a little. You got on Super Mario Odyssey for being you know having a bunch of disseparate visual styles. I'm a little surprised that you're not uh, upset by that. Yeah, um, the visual styles where you're Mario and you go stand next to full-size humans or you go and fight a dragon that looks like it's straight out of Game of Thrones or something. I haven't watched it. Don't at me. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that threw me off more than this. I just, I kind of bought into it, but it does seem that maybe the the studio has to figure out so-called creative ways to vary what the what your environments look like while you're technically in a mansion and even well, a hotel in a ho- technically it's not i know yeah. even being in a hotel is already stretching the definition of it so the well i'm not going to be pedantic might... and say oh it's not a mansion it, you know it's it's a hotel that it should be called luigi's hotel no we don't need a hotel <laughs> luigi <laughs> <laughs> maybe the they, maybe they should change the name of the franchise though just so they can branch out more without having to stretch everything so far with, with definitions. honestly i'm 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 okay with like it's, it's like the yakuza games apparently i've only played one of them but apparently the main character of the yakuza games hasn't been a yakuza since the end of the first game um and i i don't like it's like they couldn't have known when they named it that where the series would go so it's not a big deal to me yeah it seems like we're both uh kind of picky about how we define different weird things but not other weird things so yeah that's fine um one more thing i guess i will say before we uh move on to exploration the exploration aspect of this section is uh um i kind of wish that more there were more stairways in this game okay i think that would have been interesting because it's like oh you know you can travel between floors without getting the elevator button but then when you get the elevator button it makes it easier again going back to that sort of metroidvania progression yeah that would be cool even if you get like a little preview of what the next floor looks like mm-hmm. uh, and then you have to come back to it later via the elevator to get to the main section then that, that yeah nice. that would have been really cool mm-hmm. well, let's talk about booze and gems right okay booze complete afterthought yeah, I, I actually didn't get a single boo. Really? I thought you had to get one for story reasons. Like, Egad's like, there's a boo around. You need to find it. 
Uh, well, yeah, probably that one, but I didn't hunt down any. I actually didn't see a sign of any booze. I didn't buy any of the boo tracker items. I have no idea at this point where I would even go to find a boo. Okay, well, I got all of the boos in the game. Um, hey, nice. Yeah, it's not hard. Like, if you get the boo trackers, I, I think it literally took me 30 minutes. Can you get boos without boo trackers? Yes, you can, but it it just it takes longer to track them down. So, how do you find a boo without a boo tracker? Uh, so, you would have to go to the floor, and I, I forget exactly how it works. Forgive me, it's been like a month since I've played the game. Uh, scheduling conflicts, but um, uh, your your backpack, the the goo in it, will start to vibrate when a boo is nearby. Now, there's not one for each floor, if I recall correctly, or maybe there is. Yeah, I think there's one on each floor, and so you have to, uh, you know, you just have to go floor by floor, and you know, just kind of play hot and cold with the the goo. Gotcha. Okay. And gems, I probably averaged two to three per floor. It wasn't really going out of my way, but uh, they were fun to get when I could. My favorite one was probably on the music floor. Mm -hmm. You go to the left instead of down the long hallway to the right, and you have to spin some records on the wall, and then it uh, puts an invisible kind of hard-to-see block that you have to get with the burst move. Oh, yeah, that one was great. Yeah. What do you think about gems? Um, I like them. Uh, I am kind of sad that they're, they don't really translate into monetary value because they feel like they're just sort of this weird out-of-the-way thing that's only there for the sake of collection. But they definitely mm-hmm. you know, inspire me to take a closer look at my environment. Um, ultimately, what disappoints me about booze and gems is that they don't really get you anything interesting. It's just a cosmetic reward. Yeah. And so that that kind of saddens me because, again, you could have unlocked something really cool with this stuff, but you don't. And like the Boo, I actually had to kind of squint to see what was different. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get all the gems too? No, I didn't. Um, okay. I, I didn't want to put that kind of time and <laughs> do it. Yeah. I mean, it's there for the people that maybe buy fewer games or want to spend more time with Luigi's Mansion 3, but I like that uh, you can beat this game in 10 to 12 hours if you want to, which is what I wanted to do. Yeah, and you know, if you're playing the game and you haven't played the game yet, I would highly recommend that you at least try to get some of the gems, because they are, you know, when you see a gem, it's like, hmm, how do I get that? That, that, is, that is fun. It's just, I don't want to go you know, way out of my way to, to find them because, you know, sometimes you don't even know where to look and I don't like stuff like that usually. But then again, I could just buy the gem finders if that really was a problem. Alright, have we made it to combat? Yep. Very cool. Combat. This is what uh, Doug Bowser said he was looking forward to the most after E3 2019. He said he was excited to kill ghosts. And he used the word kill, which Simeon pointed out to me as very uh, unusual for a Nintendo executive. So, yeah, indeed, killing ghosts is fun. Uh, yes, just in my opinion, not as fun it was as it was in previous games. Why is that? Well, it's a number of reasons. One, there's not the same kind of variety of ghosts as there was in Luigi's Mansion One. Um, so there's, I think there's even fewer ghosts in this game 
than there were in um, Luigi's Mansion 2, which is surprising because that game had a very slimmed down uh, rogues gallery. And I'm, um, I don't know, they, they tried to make it so that like the green ghosts could have multiple functions, and I appreciate that to an extent, but I'm also a fan of the gameplay design mentality that enemies that behave differently should have like different appearances that conveys like their behavior to you. Because that's, that's kind of been with uh, video games for uh, decades now. As just a trope of the genre, but yeah, really, my my major issue is I don't like the slam maneuver uh, near as much as I liked <gasps> the uh, like the charge bulb in the second game, or just the standard uh, second ghosts up in the first Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, the slam maneuver it got kind of old. I agree, because you just wanted to mash that button and uh it was useful when you could like hit a ghost with another ghost i did have fun comboing in that way so it's like i i get one on the line i have him slam into another one and while I, after i suck up the first one i can hit the second one with the strobe bulb before he recovers and kind of keep the chain going that way but um i think that Maybe they should have only allowed you one slam per ghost or something. Just some way that it's not three slams and you're done. Well, that's the thing that I disliked about it is that it wasn't. It didn't allow me to do it as much as I wanted to. Because um, mm. I, I, I got to the point where I stopped using the slam maneuver because it's like, this is a suboptimal strategy. I want to one-cycle these ghosts. Like, that was part of the fun of Luigi's Mansion 1 and Luigi's Mansion 2, is that if you got good, you could one-cycle the ghosts. And Luigi's so Mansion 3 really them. discourages that, because after you start slamming them, you're going to lose your grip on that ghost, and you're going to, they're going to disappear, and you're going to have to strobe ball them again and start all over again. And <clears throat> you don't get that, that, like, sort of chaotic, reeling in a big fish, trying to desperately not to lose your grip thing because it's like you are willingly sacrificing your grip now there yeah. are points where it's strategically viable um to do that like when you're getting surrounded it's like okay i need to take care of this other guy so i'm not saying that there isn't any like depth or any anything like that to it but i i think it would have been better if they just if they like presented a choice to you because they want they clearly want you to slam the ghosts and so they don't really make trying to just suck it up like normal fun uh-huh. you know you don't have so, that um that rhythm of slamming the stick around like in the first game or the charging up and doing the burst like you had in the second game if you just try to suck up a ghost normal style it just feels very underwhelming so I think they, they should have tried to make it like, okay, these are your options. One has, you know, here's the advantages and the disadvantages of one, and here's the, you know, trying to suck it up like normal, you're you're vulnerable to other angles of attack. But, you know, slamming it, you're going to lose your grip on the ghost. And it was like more of this. And, again, that technically is there, that, that strategic choice, but it's just you feel like you're, the game doesn't want you to, take one of those choices because it doesn't give yeah, you it, an it, option where it, <laughs> it has that satisfactory oomph the i've heard 
developers refer to as juice. It doesn't have the juice. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's showing you mash the A button, mash the A button as soon as you hook a ghost on the line. Yeah, and it'd be kind of interesting uh, if you could just, instead of doing that, you could have done like a burst like in the second game, and you had to choose between those two. So, I'm sorry if I missed it, but what happens if you try, if you just forget about slamming and you're just sucking up the ghost? Can you one cycle in this game? Um, most ghosts, not, it's it's not easy to do that. Okay. Um, like the big red guys, you're probably not going to do that. What you want to do is you want to get them down to a certain point and then start slamming them. Because once they're like below um, eight, uh, 80 or 100 HP then you can start slamming them and you'll finish them off. And again, getting to that point doesn't feel exciting and it doesn't um, it doesn't really have it, it, there's like a lack of feedback, I guess. And that and you can't cuz you're just slowly watching it tick down and nothing you do actually makes it go faster. There's not really a whole lot of skill in it except for not getting hit by other ghosts. Yeah, I hear you. I'm kind of glad I didn't replay one and two recently because it seems like there are several areas that the previous games did better, and uh, I just kind of accepted Luigi's Mansion three for what it was because I didn't have that recent memory uh, to compare. But but hey, one and two are both available on the 3DS. They're still good games, and everyone can play them as well for the things that they do correctly. Mm-hmm. And you're right, there was less variety of ghosts. So that's unfortunate. Um, uh, that's another similarity to Breath of the Wild. It's like mm-hmm. there's these few classes of enemies and they really stick to them with slight variations, but I would definitely prefer a wider enemy pool. Yeah, but hey, on the bright side, we got boss ghosts back, which were missing from oh. Luigi's Mansion too. Are you serious? Yeah, more or less. I, I mean, there were some... There, there was a boss for each world or each mansion oh, um that's not and there were three ghosts in um, luigi's mansion 2 that were kind of like um sort of like the portrait ghosts they had like names and personalities but that was just one boss fight in the second mansion okay huh i really like the bosses had a ton of fun discovering each new boss finding their weakness you, it's a little bit repetitive how they all kind of block your strobe bulb in a similar manner, but yeah. as far as the designs and their attack patterns and everything, I had a blast with them. Yeah, I, I think they are good. Um, it is one of those things where the bosses in the first Luigi's Mansion, or I guess I should say the portrait ghosts, because there's kind of a different two tiers of bosses in Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube. Uh, you have the portrait ghosts and then the the actual like capstone bosses that are at the end of a chapter. And so the chapter bosses play out much more like traditional boss battles, but the portrait ghosts play more like puzzles. And so the in this game they each and every one of them is basically a, an actual boss and not a puzzle. Well, you know, there's a puzzle element to them, I suppose. But it's, like, in the first game, it's like, okay, it's, I don't know, it leans more towards just being a puzzle, and once you figure out the puzzle, you've beaten the ghost, more or less. You just have to suck them up, and it's kind of a formality. Um, in Luigi's Mansion 3, however, it's actually like a boss battle where they change up their strategies and stuff. 
I love the idea of sucking someone up in a vacuum being a formality. <laughs> in, in some countries, that's just what you do. It's a formality. You suck them up in your vacuum. But yeah, so I, I liked it. I admit I did kind of, it was kind of weird for me to get my mindset away from the original Portrait Ghosts. But other than that, um, you know, it yeah, they're, they're good bosses. They, they don't really repeat any strategies or anything throughout the game so each one feels fairly unique yeah so i have to question yeah. uh, on the subject of boss ghosts the director morty um did you go into the editing room after um after helping him and suck him up <laughs> into your vacuum or did you leave him alone uh i felt like it was kind of a formality so yeah i suck, sucked him up okay okay i'm glad to know i'm not the only heartless blackguard here <laughs> so we could have just left him there for the entire game yeah you can and you can apparently you can actually watch the film he edits and at, after that point he, he doesn't like begrudge the fact that you suck him up interesting yeah so huh. there, there's a little easter egg there you can look it up online but wow well I, I did I will say I enjoyed the locations the floors that were pretty much just boss battles that was always exciting to me because it was a change of pace, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I get to get right into the action now, not a bunch of puzzles. I get to see this huge kind of set piece of a boss, and yeah. the ones that stand out to me are the pirate ship one and then the dance floor one. Those were really fun. Oh, yeah. those. I love the fact that Luigi's, like, snapping to the rhythm uh, during yes. the dance battle. <laughs> that was great. It took me a while to figure out that one. And that, again, that's the thing. I, I don't want to imply that these aren't puzzles because the bosses really do have a puzzle element, as I believe most boss battles should. Um, yeah. I wrote an article on that. You can read it on the blog. Um, I think it's called Botched Battle because I'm criticizing Beautiful Joe's bosses for not being puzzles. Um, yep, I remember that one. It's good. And you know how I can say that? Because all of Glenn's blogs are good. Mm, I, I know that one's good because even my older brother was like, yeah, that was a really good article. But you know, I, I want to say they're all good. There are definitely some that I look back on and wince. Yeah, there's definitely that one. Anyway, so... No, no I know you're just going to be up all night wondering which one I'm talking about, but I just made that up. Uh, so... You're saying Luigi's snapping his fingers and it's a really cool animation, almost as if this game has great presentation? Yes. Um, this is the same team that brought us Punch-Out, so animation is definitely uh, something they're good at. I love the presentation in Luigi's Mansion 3, and I think that we're approaching Pixar levels here. Yeah. The graphics are so good. Loved all the cutscenes. They really did a great job with the characters. Uh, especially the end sequence, which I guess we can leave vague. Yeah, but I loved. Especially since I barely remember it, it was kind of late when I beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my overview of of my impressions on the presentation. But uh, let's get into the specifics. All right. Um, so let's let's talk about the the story and the cutscenes and how it's all presented to the player. What are your thoughts on this? Like you know, it starts with that that really nice. Um, uh, that really nice cutscene of them driving up to the mansion and all that. So, yeah, it's exciting. The crew is all together, even though I don't really care for Toads. We could have had more interesting characters there. Well, but. I mean, you say that, but they're just there to be servants to Princess. You know, they're the help. So that's right. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I just saw it as, yeah, they're her retainers and they're, you know, they're the carrier luggage. Yeah, it's nice to see Mario and Peach and Luigi just kicking back, enjoying themselves, getting to take a vacation, even though I don't know how Luigi keeps falling for this kind of setup, but that's the Mario way. Like, why would they ever approach a giant cake and not expect the Koopa kids to jump out of it at this well, point? Well, I mean, you know, we, we keep seeing it go wrong so many times, but we have to stop and ask ourselves, how many giant cakes has Mario eaten that didn't try to kill him? Yeah, who knows? If it's in like the upper 70s, then maybe I could forgive him for being fooled a few times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most cakes don't have mousetraps in them, so just just saying. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like the, the even the humor, like the I, I remember like when the toad, you know, it's kind of funny. He's like, oh, the toad can't see over the, uh, the, the dashboard. That's kind of funny. But then when he like hits the gate on the way in, um, yep. that actually got a reaction out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe how good the graphics and cutscenes were, yeah. and the graphics were fantastic, even if it was in a cutscene or not. Oh my like, gosh! Like find... the, um, I'm pretty sure it was pre-rendered, but some of the some of the cutscenes, I'm pretty sure, like the look of Luigi's skin had that warmth that made me think that they even went to the uh, all the trouble of doing like subsurface scattering, um, which is a fancy way of saying some you know light permeates a little bit into the surface. Um, again, skin is a, a good example of that. Like, if you hold your uh, skin up to a, a light source, you can kind of see a little bit through it. You know, that's all that means. Sounds like sounds like someone's been watching VFX artists react. Uh, no, I haven't watched that one. I've just I did my uh, thesis on uh, graphics topics, and so <laughs> I I've learned a lot about computer graphics. <laughs> In that case, you would love it. It's a YouTube channel called Corridor Crew, and they've put out probably 15 by now. VFX artists react to good and great CGI, and they talk about the minor things like subsurface scattering that can really sell the believability of a of certain CG. Okay, cool. Yeah, but uh, I couldn't find any jagged pixels anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like Nintendo is finally embracing hd and it does make me kind of wonder when uh they will have a 4k capable system we'll see if that's next for them but uh look i don't even is... have a 1080p television my my tv is 720 <laughs> i don't care <laughs> my technology usually keeps up with whatever nintendo is doing which is nice because it's a little bit later and i don't have to be an early adopter for tvs and stuff but i got a a 32 inch 1080p when the wii u came out and i'll probably just stay on pace with them okay but which means i probably have 10 more years till 4k <laughs> uh so story uh, so what do you think about the the like the way the story was presented because i have mixed feelings about this actually um Wait, well I mean, is there even much of a story? He gets tricked. Yeah, but you the thing obviously... is, like, it's very cinematic in the first hour and a half. Like, you know, you, you show up, there are all these cutscenes, and then the, the mansion uh, reveals its true colors, and you have actual characters actually talking to one another. There There's dialogue that you have to read. Um, and... You know, you're going through, and you kind of feel like you really feel like you're in this situation. You kind of feel the desperation of it. You're on, you know, you're on your back foot 
for the beginning of the game and you're scurrying through hallways sort of like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And then it hits kind of that formulaic point after, uh, you know, basically the point where it starts becoming linear, it starts feeling like a different um, game in the way the, it presents itself. And so the ghosts stop ta talking, except for Morty. Um, the ghosts stop talking. It's, all the cutscenes are nonverbal. Uh, except for, you know, when, e you know, EGAT has to tell you something to, uh, move you to your next objective. It becomes very nonverbal in the cutscenes and animations and all that. And then it goes back to being verbal at the end of the game. It's, it's really <sighs> you're, weird. You're right that it's weird. And, right. and the way I describe I it just... to people is, I, I've, to this is why I've told several people uh, now, is that it feels like the beginning of the game and the end of the game were directed by someone different than whoever directed the middle of the game. Yeah. It's it's weird, but it's honestly kind of what I've come to expect from Nintendo, because they usually go all out with cinematics for the beginning and the end, kind of like the cake situation. They'll make a cute cake thing with story, and then you're into the game, and you don't really see more story content until the end. I'm used to it, even though it's not ideal. I don't know. With, like, previous, like, you know, New Super Mario Brothers Wii is what we're talking about with the cake. That's, like, so quick, and it's over, and it's, you know, it's yeah. it's nonverbal. There's not, like, a ton of dialogue. You know, this is sort of like, um... I mean, I guess you could say Super Mario Galaxy did something similar, but Rosalina spoke to you pretty consistently throughout the game every time you got a new grand sword it's like okay it's time to go to the next gal uh, set of galaxies so that you can save your special someone um, that's true you know it's i don't know it, it's, it's just weird that and then in the middle of the game like halfway through the game um morty brings back this very narrative element to the gameplay where he actually talks to you and you get a better sense of his personality because he actually has a speaking role by the way, that boss fight was amazing, too. Mm -hmm. The kaiju fight. Yeah, that was <laughs> oh good. Uh, reminded me actually... a lot of uh, one of the levels in Psychonauts, uh, of all things. Mm. Um, but I, I actually just watched Godzilla for the first time weeks before playing Luigi's Mansion 3, so I was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> I grew up on Godzilla, so... But Yeah, so speaking of um, dialogue... Mm -hmm. I think it's time for Nintendo to start tackling voice acting in earnest. Like that's just kind of the final frontier in the presentation that they. Okay, need. so that actually um, touches on something really weird about this game. I noticed. Okay. Um, I thought Luigi's voice sounded a little bit off. Did you, Did you think that maybe he sounded a little bit nasalier or something? That didn't register with me. I was going to compliment Charles Martinet on a job really well done with Luigi. That's but, the uh, thing. I looked at the credits. He is not credited in this game. You're kidding. I did not see his name in the credits under the voice section. Uh-oh. Do you think it's because he was, like, the first person on the credits? I don't know. I mean, it could be that he was somewhere else. It could be that he just... Is he, everyone knows Luigi's voiced by Charles Marnet, so why why would we? And maybe he just went by a different name. Sometimes voice actors do that if there's like a you know a union problem. Uh, though huh. I think Charles Marnet would work with Nintendo regardless of unions, because Nintendo's never really dealt with voice actor unions. <laughs> but I know this isn't conclusive research, but I just went to Luigi's Mansion Three on Wikipedia, mm -hmm. did find on the page, and typed in Charles. 
M, and the only place it's popping up is in the footer for Mario franchise. So he's not mentioned anywhere. Yeah. This is this isn't good. Well, I mean, he is getting up there in years. Maybe Nintendo is just uh, just saying, okay, you know, we we want to have someone else in reserve for when Martinet finally decides to retire. That's true. Um, there, they also might be seeing if anybody notices, and if not, they got away by paying someone probably twenty percent of what they would pay Mr. Martinet. So. I, I felt like the combination of whoever the voice actor was and the excellent animators really brought Luigi to life. Oh yeah, as absolutely. Well as all the other characters and the uh, the you know and that was true of the previous game. His animations were very, very expressive in uh, uh, Dark Moon, and they they absolutely hit out of the park with this one. How about the sound of music? You are our audio man. Uh, well, we've already talked about the voice acting, which was the major thing I wanted to touch on. But um, and I wouldn't say I'm the audio man because I don't know a lick about music theory, like only only the most sur- surface level stuff. Well, hey, at least you remember the music. I mean, I uh, barely, <laughs> <laughs> barely. <laughs> okay, well, what I can say is I felt like it fit. I never felt like the music detracted from the experience, and I think it went right along with what i was playing yeah but it was very it was very ambient for me like they they had it mixed down so it wasn't like as in your face as the first luigi's mansion you know because the first luigi's mansion hits you really heavy with that organ done 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 yeah you know it's just you can't ignore it here it's sort of like oh wait there's music playing is it good Oh, it sounds like a remix of, uh, or sorry, a rearrangement <laughs> of uh, the music from Dark Moon. Eh, Dark Moon's yep. music was yep. light. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's everything then. We'll have to try to put all our thoughts together in a in a definitive statement on Luigi's Mansion 3 now. Yeah, so um, I've hinted at this several times, but th- I feel like this game at some point in development had an identity um, crisis or something because it there's a lot of moments in it where it feels like it's, it wanted to do one thing and then had to rein it in. Um, and, like, I find it strange. Like, I, I think Morty is an artifact of that. I think they wanted to have more elaborate setups with the ghosts. Um, okay. Where they... Because... That's what they showed at E3. Like, that's, Nintendo didn't say, okay, we're going to show what's representative of the majority of the game. We're going to show this scene that has, like, a very strong narrative element and, a, you know, strong personality, character personality. I don't want to say that the, um, the, the other ghosts don't have strong personalities. They have very well... They have strong personalities that are communicated very well entirely through their animation, but... You know, there is sort of an element lost when you don't get to hear how a character talks or, you know, what they're, you know, you don't really get to hear their thought process through their dialogue. Um, I I think that there is a point where pantomime, there there is a limit to how much you can communicate with it. Um, Yeah. So, and between that and the vacuum cleaner and the fact that the shop is kind of lame... I feel like this is a game where they wanted to do a lot more, and then they had to rein it in about halfway through. 
And mm. in all fairness, they did a very good job of it. But there are all these little moments where it like the the separate parts that um, just don't quite fit in right. And I know I was praising Luigi's Mansion, the original, for having stuff that you know didn't really add anything. But this is stuff where it's like you want to see it further developed. Like in the the original Luigi's Mansion, those weird ideas were about as developed as they could be. Um, and they you know they added flavor here. It's like no, I I want to see where what you were where you were going with that. Well. You definitely have a good eye for what's not there and what could have been there. So yeah, I appreciate and that. honestly, that I feel bad about this because it really is a great game. And if you haven't played it, I highly recommend you go do it. It may, you know, may make my game of the year. But um, though that's partially just because I haven't played that many games this year. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm with you there. Like I think that this game is my game of the year. Partially because I really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun, and partially because I just don't know what else it would be. Yeah. This game, this year seemed like a lot of solid 8s, 8.5s on a scale of 1 to 10. Nothing that really is such a shoe in for Game of the Year, but I think this was my personal favorite. Yeah. And so it, it's a great game, but I always had like, and I was like, I, I remember talking to my mom after I, I first played it for like two hours, and it's like, man, this game is amazing. I'm so excited to see what comes next. And then it kind of hit that sort of, you know, it kind of reined it in from what it was because, yeah. you know, it was very, you know, it, it was setting up something really big and grand in those first two hours. And then it just kind of goes back, does like Dark Moon, but better. Yeah. Um, and so I, because I got my expect, it's one of those weird cases where I think the game made too good of a first impression. I actually would have enjoyed it slightly more if it just like the, the first moments were more reflective of the overall experience. So Glenn recommends that you play two hours and quit. No, That's no, no. Get get your money's <laughs> worth at the very least. Um. But yeah, that's that's my take on it. Is it it just it felt kind of uneven uh, to okay. me. Good, but you know, just be aware that there it's it's a little inconsistent in what it, it, what it wants to be uh, in places. For the most part, I was just rolling with what they wanted to present to me at the time, whether that's a more cinematic opening or a more linear and rigid structure throughout the mid game. But well, you know, I and I, I actually I think that's my problem is I didn't know what they wanted to present to me because it yeah, kept changing. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun the whole time. I always looked forward to beating another floor. I felt like it was well paced. I was always soaking in the new environments and the great graphics and animation everywhere. Always looked forward to seeing the next bosses. Sometimes I got hung up on puzzles because I felt like. I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to be looking for. EGAD didn't have a specific hint for me. And, um, yeah, some things just weren't very clear. I had a lot of trouble with the the video production floor. I needed a walkthrough for that. Mm. Did you make it through, like, getting the fire and taking the fire and filling up the bucket? Um, I'm pretty sure I... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I figured that out on my own. I may have looked up one, a, a hint in one section. I don't 
recall, but for the okay. most part, I I think I, I I try to get through games as much as possible on my own because it's if you get to the point where you're just like going through a walkthrough and doing the checklist, um, and it's it's not like an action game or something, you know, it's it's exploration heavy. Then it's or for me, it it kind of just becomes work. <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree. Well, since uh, we're probably not doing any Game of the Year video or anything like that, and since there are no other crew members present, Glenn, should we just go ahead and proclaim Luigi's Mansion 3 as Goaty? Uh, sure, yeah. Woohoo! Congratulations, Luigi's Mansion, and to the team at Next Level Games and Charles Mart. I mean, Who? Luigi's voice actor. <laughs> so, um... Okay, but but before we go in, before we close this out, you know, we know that it's probably our favorite game that came out this year, at least for a Nintendo system. Where does it stand with us with the, for uh, with the rest of the series? I would really want to play them all before saying for sure, but probably this one. I think that for the most part, they've learned good lessons and applied them over the years. But um, I am curious with the things that you've said that you miss from the original mm -hmm. i think that the first one would still be just as fun to go back and play as it was when it came out in 2001 yeah you know what i would say to that is my overall impression is the first game it's kind of apples and oranges because i think that this in a lot of ways is more streamlined and more solid as a game but the first one's like it's just such a different experience and i think playing this game made me realize that we're never really going to have another Luigi's Mansion 1. Yeah. Because um, that game is just... It's so weird. It's so quirky. It's so just content being its own thing. Um, I I went in this game kind of hoping to recapture that, and I walked away from it, and maybe this is another reason why I, I had a little bit of trouble getting into it, but I walked away from it thinking, okay, you know, realizing that I'm I'm never going to get that again. Okay, that Luigi's Mansion that it was a one-time thing, um, lightning in a bottle or whatever you want to call it. I don't think it technically has to be lightning in a bottle, but I think that they're just they're just not going to go back to it. Yeah, and it wouldn't sell. It wouldn't sell for sixty dollars today, would it? Probably not. And you know, it's it's fine. The, the series has gone in a slightly different direction, and it, it's a good direction. It's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I... It hadn't really hit me that 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 was very much a product of its time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the GameCube was, was a fobbing weird time for Nintendo. <laughs> I think we're officially crotchety old men, though. They just don't make it like they used to. Yeah. Oh well, I've I've always been a crotchety old man. Just just not <laughs> if if not embodied, then in spirit. <laughs> yep. But well, thanks for chatting Luigi's Mansion three with me, Glenn. We'll get out of here in a second. But uh, what are you gonna go on and play next? Oh gosh, um, I have a huge backlog of games, and I haven't really quite figured out which one I want to tackle next. Uh, have you counted? Because I have. I'm also working on a backlog. Hmm. You know, maybe maybe we should uh, we should have a discussion on how to manage a backlog one of these days. That would be great because I have thirty games. 
Oh gosh. Yeah. I got 12 on PS4 and I'll tell you the Switch is 16. So almost 30 games. Whew. Yeah, I I have quite a lot. It's not quite that much, but I have quite a lot of games as well. Um, and then I have a lot of games that I want to go back to and complete stuff in, like um, uh, I need to complete... I, I need to get all the fruits in Pikmin 3, stuff like that, but... You don't need to do that. <laughs> Who says you have to do that? I do. Okay. Um, I, I understand. I, there's very few games I 100%, and uh, I'm just happy if I beat a game, yeah. honestly. But I, I really like Pikmin 3, so... Okay, that's good. Well, I'm chipping away at two games on Switch. I'm playing Ring Fit Adventure, which is really awesome. Love that game. Recommend it. And Meg, that's an RPG. Glenn, mm-hmm. can you give me some credit for playing an RPG? Okay. Um, Thank sure. you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2. Simeon is uh, slowly helping me beat yeah. those a little bit. Uh, didn't the King day. Knight campaign in Shovel Knight come out recently? Yes, it did. Yeah, okay. So and, that's probably the next thing I'm going to work on. And the multiplayer game the fighting game shovel knight showed i mean that's great if you have friends but yeah it has a story mode in it It, oh really yeah okay i guess i have to play that too and then i'm doing the dave ramsey method for just beating my smallest games first on ps4 so i'm gonna finish off astrobot rescue mission which is a virtual reality game and i think it's Honestly, the best way to say it is like if Nintendo made a VR game, it would be Astrobot. Mm. It's an awesome 3D platformer. And then Inside, I'm going to play that because that's just a few hours. I can check that one off the list. And then I need to get back to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because I bought that. And that is a Metroid Prime game with lightsabers. Yeah, I think there's even like if you go out of bounds in one place, there's a reference to Metroid Prime. Ooh, no way. That's yeah, awesome. uh, so check you... out the, the Boundary Break channel. He did like a one-minute, four-second video just highlighting it. All right, so you're going to be play, playing uh, King of Cards. Yeah. That should be very fun. Cool. We'll be reading all the YouTube comments. If you guys have any thoughts on Luigi's Mansion 3 or anything that we've mentioned today, please share them, and uh, we'll read them all. We'll respond, and we will look forward to our next podcast. So... Whether you want to subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts or even just here on YouTube, we'll make sure to put the podcasts here from now on. And uh, thanks so much for listening and for being a part of the crew. Any last words, Glenn? Uh, no, just Luigi's right. Mansion. It, you know, I, I know I complain a lot about games, but it's it's because I care. You know, I... I <laughs> I, I really did enjoy it, so, you know, if you haven't, go check it out. Yeah, and you want it to be better, and you want the fourth one to be better, mm-hmm. and Nintendo's doing a pretty good job listening to fans, so maybe this will make its way to some Nintendo Treehouse intern for, for Luigi's Mansion 4 research. All right, and if not, we had fun recording this and, and uh, talking with the crew. See you guys next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.